this generation that's coming up in front of us is highly susceptible to being pulled way back. We'll be drawn right back into the 50s if they don't hold on and keep a grip and, and see what's going on. They got so many distractions in front of them right now, you know, and things that keep you dumbed down, the Internet, the, you know, uh, just all type of electronic distractions right now for for uh, the generation that's coming up for us. They need to get into uh, position because they are the next. And if we don't we don't pay them enough attention and give them what they need to go on, man, we're gonna fall ourselves. We're gonna find ourselves falling back to the 1950s and fighting previous battles all over again. Welcome to Graffiti Talk Radio. This is your man, Big Diesel, and I got a very special guest with me today, Stax Malone from the legendary group, The Snipers. What's happening, Stax? Man, ain't nothing to it. What's up, Chi-Town? Midwest. What's up, man? I'm out here just enjoying my life, man, trying to do me, you know? Yeah, I heard that, brother. You know, me and you have been talking for a while, and we've been looking at a lot of the stuff that's been happening. And so, yeah. you know, we decided to get together on a regular basis. You know, we'll talk about how often, whether it's once a week, once a month, but we decided to get together on a regular basis and talk about some of the different uh, things that are happening in the world today. Today is December 9th, 2018, and, uh, you know, we've been touching on a couple of these subjects uh, talking back and forth on Facebook, and what do you think about a, a lot of what's happening there, Stax? Uh, I mean, nowadays it's it's, uh, it's it's a volatile situation just to be alive right now. Um, life is pretty much turned into uh, people just staying out the way, just trying to stay out the way. We used to be vocal about, way more vocal about, uh, you know, things that were going on in our community. And now it's like a lot of that is uh, is gone. Like the elders are gone and nobody's picking up their, their cane or their staff and, and continuing the movement forward, man. It's, it's a lot going on. You got, you know, uh, violence of all sorts. You know, you got... Uh, the drones, like that we were talking about from uh, Facebook, with the, uh, the police in New York. Didn't uh, was it New York? Yeah, it's it's New York. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, I have the article here. Uh, I'm gonna read it like quick, and it's from Zero Hedge is the name of the website, ZeroHedge.com, and the headline reads, "Who's watching whom? 
NYPD will monitor Americans with fleet of Chinese-made drones. Several months after the Department of Defense banned the purchase of commercial over-the-shelf unarmed aircraft systems, UAS, including DGI drones from China for most or all the departments, the New York City Police Department had the bright idea to launch a fleet of Chinese-made drones for surveillance operations across the five boroughs. According to Fox 5 News in New York, NYPD announced its UAS, and that's the, un, the Unmanned Aircraft System Program, on Tuesday. Now, FAA Part 107 licensed officers of the Technical Assistance Response User Unit will pilot the aircraft. Police officials told Fox 5 the drones would be used in search and rescue operations to survey inaccessible crime scenes, hostage situations, and mass casualty incidents. The department stressed that the drones would not be monitoring civilians, but only for routine patrols and will not be equipped with dangerous weapons. As the largest municipal police department in the United States, the NYPD must always be willing to leverage the benefits of new and always improving technology. Police Commissioner James O'Neill said, our new UAS program is part of this evolution. It enables our highly trained cops to be even more responsive to the people we serve and carry out the NYPD's critical work in ways that are more effective, efficient, and safe for everyone. The department will start with a dozen quadcopter drones that can be launched in minutes for tactical operation. They are planned to scale up the program in 2020. However, neither Fox 5 News or the department mentioned where the drones are manufactured. This is ample evidence from five Fox News that the drones are made in Xichun, a southeastern city in China, by SZ DGI Technology Company Limited, leading manufacturers of unmanned aerial vehicles. Now, these, uh, these vehicles, they have pictures of them here in the article, and then I'll post the, the link on the site. But it says several months ago, the UAS News obtained a U.S. Army memo that said the U.S. Navy and the U.S. Army Research Lab claimed that the operational risk of using DGI equipment outweigh the benefits. The memo, the memo makes orders very clear. Due to increased awareness of cyber vulnerabilities associated with DGI products, it is directed that the U.S. Army halt the use of DGI products. This guidance applies to all DGI, UAS, and any system that employs DGI electrical components or software included but not limited to flight computers, cameras, radios, batteries, um, speed controllers, GPS units, handheld control stations, or devices with DGA software applications installed. If the U.S. military banned the DGI products, then why is the impact, why is the NYPD about to launch a fleet of Chinese drones? And that's the article, and that's a good question. It ends with that good question. The U.S. Army and U.S. Navy just banned these drones for use in their department, and that's when the NYPD, after it was banned, said, hey, let's use these Chinese drones to patrol the city. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I'm 
I'm I'm one thousand million percent sure that the military <laughs> is far more adept to these type of scenarios than the NYPD. And if they turn it down, why would you want to go do that? Why would you do that? And then that's also to me, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist buff per se, but it's also kind of a way to get people used to seeing drones from police and then eventually upgrading them and possibly putting uh, non-lethal and then maybe even lethal weapons on that and weaponizing uh, those drones. But, I mean, it's, it's I don't understand why they would do it. <laughs> you know, you, you've got military that's telling you, we we don't even use them, and you're going to use them. That's, that's crazy. Well, you bring up a good point because we were talking earlier about uh, patterns in history and history repeating itself. But And remember, in July of 2016, the Dallas police used a robot to detonate, um, to blow up what they believe was the shooter of those five cops that were killed in Dallas. And now that's the first time something like that had ever happened in American citizen because uh, according to the Fourth Amendment, and um, you know other other laws in the United States, uh, it's it's against the law to kill citizens remotely, and um, you know that has uh, that has already been broken. Not only you know you look at history, we have the the bombing of of Black Wall Street in the 1920s, 1921, I believe. You know then we have uh, the bombing of Move in Philadelphia. Where they, where they dropped C4 on top of the house and blew up all those houses. So now you have you have uh, an actual robot being used to blow up uh, a, a citizen of the United States. So it's and they they overrode the Fourth Amendment in order to do that because the Fourth Amendment says uh, not only illegal search and seizure, but the uh, Fourth Amendment says that you have a right to be safe in your home. You know, but all a cop has to do is say I fear for my life. But in the case of Dallas. They said we will, we fear for the whole department, so they were able to take a bomb and 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 blow a man up through remotely, and that's exactly what I know is going to happen. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, wow, that's that's a whole lot to chew on right there. I mean, I, I think I think it's it's a very very slippery slope that we walk on and this century that we live in because technology is something that's uh in this day and age to some some degree somewhat needed. Now, you know, uh we could do without it of course. You know, you need food and water to survive, not, you know, your cell phone. But everything is done nowadays uh primarily through uh smartphones. So Technology is a help, but it's also giving us an easier way to basically commit genocide on ourselves, man. So it's a slippery slope when you look at technology like that. You know, it's it's got its, its good about it, but when we do look at the history of not just our nation uh, of man, we weaponize everything. You know, it's 
it's crazy and sad. It's it's a whole bunch uh, going on with with that whole scenario because you know you want technology to be something that helps you, but uh, in this case, I can't really see any good coming out of it. It's gonna it's gonna eventually turn into that. They're gonna eventually <laughs> end up weaponizing them uh, and. It, it, at best, probably tear gas or something like that eventually. So this is just a a new area that they went in. Yeah, it's not legal. It's not right, but people break laws every day. Right, and and who and who's gonna trust the NYPD for real? You know, I I look at the F or the NY uh, FOT as a terrorist group. I mean, those people, you know, they're, they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous. So that I don't, I don't trust them with this technology. You know, let alone, you know, we when the army was using this, they claim that they're not using this particular one anymore. It doesn't mean that they're not using drones. But the army will drone or will, will use a drone to blow up an entire wedding party just to kill one person who they say is a terrorist. They've been known to blow up funerals, you know, overseas. So now we're using these drones, and they say not to spy on citizens, but that's exactly what they're for, to patrol and spy on citizens. Yeah, man. And at best, they're probably going to eventually put a face recognition on it. And so that they're going to be spying on you like they say they won't spy on your phones, but they do. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I wasn't even thinking about the facial recognition. You add the facial recognition to it. Um, that thing's going to fly around and, and uh, try to recognize people's faces and then alarm the police where those where those fugitives are at. And you never know. We already got cameras all over the place. And everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And so that's, I say it's a slippery slope because to some degree, if you got crazy people out here that's doing bad things and harming innocent people, yeah, the drones would, you know, you can use facial recognition for that. But then... You know, it's a gray area because then, you know, you're invading the privacy of all your citizens. So where do you really draw the line at? How do you how do you mix technology with your rights? You know, that's well, everything. That's, that everything they fun. do is to get around our rights. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So it gets fuzzy right there because it's like I'm doing this to protect you. But at the same time, I might be breaking this law as I protect you. But it's for your best interest, you know, and that's – it's it's a great area because you want to be protected as an American citizen, but you don't want them to be overbearing. And, you know, it's it's just – it's a difficult thing, you know. So it's – it's hard – to, for me at least, to form a definite opinion about that. I don't really know how I feel totally about that. I know it's wrong in some ways, but then it's a benefit in there. But like you said, from the history of how, you know, we do things, I don't think it's going to really end up that bad, that good as I think about it because, (laughs) yeah. Right, because they advertise the benefits. Yeah, they say, well, they, we can use it in search and rescue, and we can, you know, use it in, you know, voluntary hostage situations, you know what I'm saying? But uh, 
Of course, that's how it always starts. It starts by them advertising the, the good for it. But if you look at um, any law, when you're talking about drawing the line, that line is the Constitution. And see, they've gotten, they've gotten past the Third Amendment, and the Third Amendment uh, pretty much states that uh, you will not use the military to go into people's homes. And the, and, the, and the United States military is not going to be closed up in people's homes or using people's homes as stations to, to spy on other people. So what they've done, in, instead of using the U.S. military to do these things, they just simply militarize the cops. You know, and they, 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 these cops got tanks, you know. And if you look at all the all – the, um, gear that the cops have, you know, they're basically getting the the hand-me-downs from the military as the military upgrades their stuff. They're selling that, that, that stuff to the police department. And speaking of that, when I get into this, this next story about the Thousand Oaks mass shooting, uh, the sheriff's sergeant was killed by friendly fire, authorities say. Um, remember when they were talking about cop killer bullets? And they were outlawing cop killer bullets. Remember yeah. that? Was it well, Texas or something like that. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a bullet that was coated uh, coated with Teflon, but it wasn't the Teflon that got through the bulletproof brass. It was the hardened. Um, they worked together. It was a hardened brass, and the Teflon kept the barrel from. Uh, they coated it with Teflon so that the barrel it wouldn't wear out the barrel. But then the Teflon actually helps in the helps the bullet from ricocheting. So if you shoot at a car door or a window or something, instead of ricocheting off, the Teflon will keep it going straight into what you shoot it in, and then the hardness of the hard brass uh, would would actually penetrate the um, the the bulletproof vest. Well, when I look at this story in Thousand Oaks, California, about the sheriff, uh, it says a sheriff sergeant who responded to a mass shooting last month at the Borderline Bar and Grill in Thousand Oaks was killed by friendly fire from a California Highway Patrol officer's weapon during a shootout with the suspect, authorities announced Friday. As a morning press conference, Ventura County Sheriff Bill Ayup said Sergeant Ron Hillis was struck five times by bullets from the suspect and a six times by a round from the CHP officer's AR-type rifle. Both law enforcement officers entered the venue to confront the 28-year-old Ian Long, who shot 12 people before fatally turning the gun on himself. Hillis and 11 other victims died in the November 7th accident or incident. This was a dynamic this was a dynamic, chaotic event that led to a very brief but furious gun battle between the killer and the lawman. Ayub said, we believe that Sergeant Hellas was clearly not the intended target of the CHP officer, which further illustrates the extreme situation both men faced. According to the country's, the county's chief medical examiner, Hellas' initial wounds were potentially survivable, but the sixth bullet proved deadly when it struck its heart. So my question is, since this um, police officer was shot five times by Long, but he had on a bulletproof vest, so those bullets from Long, the shooter, did not 
injure him because he had on his bulletproof vest. But then uh, a California Highway Patrol officer used what they call the AR-type weapon to shoot, and it went to his heart. And, and that is the bullet that killed um, Hillis, the, the officer. Are cops using, this is my question, are cops using cop killer bullets? <clears throat> That's a great question. Um, it was seen from from that article that they would be using those because if this guy, that's the the criminal in this scenario, is shooting and strikes the officer and it doesn't go through, and the officer shoots the officer and it goes through, I mean, that's kind of open and shut. <laughs> See, yeah, because he was at a closer range with the guy with with the with Long, the shooter. He was right there in the club with Long because he charged in after Long started shooting, and so he charged in after Long. Long shot him five times, and those bullets did not kill him. But then, a California Highway Patrol officer shoots from a distance, tries to hit Long, and then, you know, ends up hitting a fellow officer. In the chest, there was a, a California Highway Patrol officer who hit the sheriff in the chest from a distance. That means that these California Highway Patrol officers are using uh, some major arsenal against the citizens. Yeah, in order to penetrate their vest. So, yeah, it's, it's the army inside of the police department, so to speak. Yeah, I mean... If those, if, if that information and those accusations are correct, I mean, there's no other way that you know that would happen unless they had armor-piercing armor rounds. I mean, it's yeah. not, I mean, it's it's only one way <laughs> one way to think about that, you know, because if you got on if you got on body armor and it goes through. The body armor, that's, I mean, what is that? Body armor piercing rounds. Right, which, so, is, yeah. which is illegal for me and you to have. Yeah, and and then, you know, with the, they can write it off as, you know, saying that a lot of people have heavy artillery nowadays, so we got to, they got to stay, they got to stay at pace with what's going on. And society to protect us, but then that's another gray area too. Really, all of it is a gray area because they will right away to make their wrongs right. You know, so um, this is what we need in order to, you know, keep you safe. But uh, that's pretty much an open and shut case. I mean, they clearly shot with uh, some rounds that were capable of going through a vest. Like I said, if this story is, is accurate, let's open the shut. Yep, yep, I agree. And, you know, these, you know, one thing that I always bring up and what I brought up on our first roundtable discussion, what I had with Bumbleclot, is um, what's happening right now is slavery never ended. We're going through legal human trafficking 
and and um, mass, you know, I don't call it mass incarceration. It's modern day slavery. It's it's legalized human trafficking and modern day slavery made legal by the slavery exception clause in the Thirteenth Amendment. You know, they so they see us as not only do they see us as enemies, and they come up with all these weapons that we aren't allowed to have, but they have to use against us. Well, you know, the prison industry is a billion-dollar industry. And now these new prisons that they're building, they're actually building factories inside the prison. And, you know, a prison is like a hotel. You know what I'm saying? What the, the, the private prison is, the way the prison is set up now, and a hotel, what do they hate? They hate empty beds. They need these beds filled, you know. And we touched on how Alec, um, the lawmakers, you know, were, were you know, made it to where these prison companies can sue the state if they don't keep the prisons 90% filled. Yeah, they're privatized prisons. Uh, a lot of entertainers and uh, sport, sports athletes have been found in the last uh, decade or so that they have uh, shares in these type of businesses. Uh, the for-profit prison it's just that for a profit. So if they don't have their quota met with bodies inside that prison and they're making money off of it, yeah, they're going to sue because they got a contract. And a lot of people don't know about that, but it's a real thing that, uh, you know, we're, we're being hunted. Uh, all of us, really, not just black people. Uh, I'm a black person, so people can say I'm jaded because I'm black, but, you know, I see the full picture. We are being hunted as well, but they really don't care about the color. They need people inside those jails. Black people fall success. Uh, we we fall uh, prey, victim to their, their prey to get us in there uh, more often than other races, I would say, in my own opinion. However, uh, yeah, I mean, they have a contract. And that contract needs to be fulfilled. They want bodies in prison. They really don't care how you get there. They just want you there. So, uh, and that's a scary thing too. You know that you got uh, companies out here that's banking big bread off of locking you up. And I talk about this to my friends a lot too. Uh, it, it it's really a new type of slavery. It's uh, it's not the old slavery that we know uh, by from text and, and history. It's, it's a new type, and they they got new rules to it. So it's like if we don't do something about our whole situation and come together as a people real soon, they're gonna have us all back in chains. And to an extent, right now, from if you look at it. Uh, we really are already still in change. We never re it's just it's kinda like this. I think of it like this. You got free range chickens. You know, you got chickens in a coop, you can look at that as slavery, and then you got chickens free range. And you can look at that as now. They allow you to move around the country and make you feel free and think you're free, but you're really not. Because everyone is tied to a nine to five that's that's even barely making it in life. And they get money off of you through your uh, social security number, through your payroll. Uh, and uh, also, if you look down 
look up your information. Your social social security number is tied to a bank uh, a bank account, which basically every person that's born is being uh, is is uh, like I I guess you could say property of the government. You know, and they look at how much money you can make the government in your lifetime. So we're really not still free, so to speak. You know, you're free in in thought, but not in reality. It's uh, it's really a new slavery. You hit it right on the head with that. Right, and if you look at our our situation with us, you know. Uh, being here since the beginning of the, the of the country started, there's groups that came in after us, but were able to, um, you know, secure a place and a and a freedom around themselves because they put their money together economically. For instance, the Vietnamese is a very small, um, has a very small community, but yet. Um, you know, when they open up their stores, they open up their restaurants, they and they become basically a political force because what? Let's face it, they hate the Vietnamese too. But there's one thing Jason Black always says when I listen to his show. He says they may hate you because you're black, but they can victimize you because you're poor. Now we've had individual black people get rich, you know, and as soon as we get rich, you know, like you know, you got your your. NFL players that or, or whatnot, you know, your big uh, record label moguls and everything. But when they get their money, they don't form they they don't form a community. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't they don't put black people around them, send them to college to protect them. You know, like send them to college for you know legal. So, you know, put some lawyers out there. You know, put some you right. know. People, scientists, doctors out there to all come back into the community and share our community, share our money with each other. Because basically, I don't mean share our money, but the, what I'm trying to say is what uh, I heard from Dr. Claude Anderson once. He says, um, if you, in the black community, as soon as we get our money, it immediately goes out of our community. But you don't have a strong community unless that money bounces around within the community eight to 12 times before it leaves the community. So he's built some black business districts um, in Tuskegee and even there in, in Chicago. And and the whole point is for black people to do start businesses and then, then do businesses, do business with each other. You know what I'm saying? And that way well, we have uh, financial protection against you know, against outside forces that want to come right. in and destroy us. Right. I mean, this is definitely needed right now more than ever for uh, that type of, 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 of movement right now because, you know, think about it. If, if you got, like in Chicago now, kids running rapping in the street, nobody... It's no, it's no law and no order now. So, if we were to start that type of scenario, maybe get a few of them off the street, each one teach one, so to speak, and and have something for them to do. Put them in some of those black businesses, and and uh, let these kids work. You know, and giving them an outlet to to make something, 
know, because there's really not a lot of outlets out there for them, in uh, Chicago speaking uh, specifically. But uh, it will it will definitely improve the community. I feel, but it's always been uh, some hiccup with black businesses in the hood because they don't draw the same support that other businesses do, so to speak. Uh, uh, we always want to go into those stores. I, I'm just going to, it might rub some people the wrong way, but I'm just going to be honest. You know, from our standpoint of view of a black business is like, to a lot of extent, we got to get away from the thinking that when we go into there, we're just going to barter our way out. You know, the thing costs what it costs. Pay that price. We always want to barter down with the black business and go right into the other nationalities and give them right exactly what they want, down to the change. And we got to stop that. It's in that Jim Crow mentality that we don't support each other. We need to support each other more. Right now, I mean, more than ever, because this generation that's coming up in front of us is highly susceptible to being pulled way back. We'll be drawn right back into the 50s if they don't hold on and keep a grip and, and see what's going on. They got so many distractions in front of them right now, you know, and things that keep you dumbed down, the Internet, the, you know, uh, just all type of electronic distractions right now for for uh, the generation that's coming up for us. They need to get into uh, position because they are the next. And if we don't we don't pay them enough attention and give them what they need to go on, man, we're gonna fall ourselves. We're gonna find ourselves falling back to the 1950s and fighting previous battles all over again. And <clears throat> These people ain't playing. <laughs> they they not playing. So we need to stop playing. And we got to support each other, man. I mean, if we don't, who else will? We got to bring the money back to the neighborhoods and put it in the neighborhoods first. Like you said, let it bounce around more than eight times, you know, and start supporting our businesses and uh I think I think uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a it's it's a long road ahead, you know. It's it's not gonna happen overnight, but uh, you definitely got to support our businesses. Well, I agree of one hundred percent, stacks. You know what I'm saying, and that's that's why I said, well, you know what, you're the right person who I want to kick off this new uh, program with. This is our trial program. You know what I'm saying. So everybody listening. You can uh, hit us up. Make sure you hit up Stacks. Let them let them know how much you like it. Anything you want to want us to talk about or subjects you want us to hit on. But um, Stacks, I really appreciate you hanging out with me this Sunday evening, my brother. And um, is there any last words you want to leave the people with? No doubt, man. It's all love. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I want to let the people know that December twenty eighth. We'll be in Chicago, snipers at Sub T downtown doing uh, Scattered Bodies uh, album release. So don't beat us there, meet us there, greet us there, and we'll be there. And uh, I'm also going to have my son on the car 
my man Deuce, Deuce out now. Uh, so it's going to be some snipers. It's going to be some triple darkness, some psycho drama, you know. So y'all come down there and support that. December 28th, it's going to be at Subterranean, and y'all be there. Or B square. And I don't think y'all want to be square. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. And also, yeah, uh, Buck, Buck and um, Direct uh, got, got a new project. Don't say they're coming out soon. Yeah, that's that's the album release party for Buck and Direct's album, the Scattered Bodies album. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, bro. You know, I always, I've been a, I've been a supporter uh, of all my Southtown artists since 1993 when I moved to Chicago. The first thing I did was look for Chicago music to buy, man. And I tell you what, the, the very first one I bought, so I bought Magic, and I bought um, My Life as a Sniper. You know what I'm saying? Those are two things that I bought before I even heard it. All I knew was they was from Chicago, so I knew they was going to be cold. You know what I'm saying? But when I listened to them, I said, I didn't know how cold it was going to be. I said, man, this, you know, I love the Chicago movement. I've been down ever since. So, you know, I always support Chicago artists. You guys have never sold out. You guys have been proven to be the truest and the realest that ever did it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all Thanks. my uh, the drum award, everybody in Chicago. And and uh, I got to shout out to my Houston people, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, K. Reno and all them. K. K. Reno's coming out with a, um, four albums at one time. Now, he came out with seven albums at one time in 2016. Now, in December, he's coming out with four albums at once. The four-piece, he's calling it. So, I'm going to throw my support behind him, too. Uh, support the snipers. We got Buck and Direct coming out. And it's, you said it's called Scattered Bodies? Scattered Bodies is the album. And, yeah, it's hot. I've heard, I've heard some of it. Man, yeah, they did their thing on that. So shout out, right. to, shout out to Buck and Direct, Scattered Bodies. And, yeah, so the tour is just a mess, and we're just getting it together. So, yeah. Uh, you want to be in tune more in depth about it, you can hit me up on my Gmail. That's StaxMalone at Gmail, S-T-A-X-X-M-A-L-O-N-E at gmail.com. And uh, we'll fill you in about the tour dates, uh, give you up-to-date uh, information about the groups that's involved with it and what have you. And if you want to contact us, hit us up on that. Or you can hit me on my Facebook page as well, Twitter, all that, at Stax Malone. So um, just get into it. All right. Well, thanks, Stax. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking forward to doing this again with you here real soon. And, um, you know, the more we do it, the better we're going to get. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how it works. So, you know, I'm looking forward to, to kicking it with you again soon, brother. So to all those that tuned in, we appreciate you. Peace. Yes, sir. All right. I hit the...